welcome to the Gambler's Digit Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Mortz. I uh, had a nice little bounce back week last week, going 2-0 in our uh, top plays of the week with the New Orleans Saints at the Detroit Lions hitting the over 49 uh, and a half points. Saints actually covering that total on their own, putting up a whopping 52. And the second play we had was the uh, New York Giants at the Denver Broncos going under 39 and a half. Um, that game was pretty much the exact opposite of what I thought was going to happen in terms of winners and losers, but, you know, keeping that uh, total to 33, Giants coming up 23-10 victory uh, leads to 2-0 and on the week, and our total for the season now uh, is up to 5-4, and we got to back up to a winning record, slim albeit, but 5-4 uh, and four is better than the uh, disaster that could have been 3-6, and six, so... Uh, there's only three games on the schedule this week that uh, really jump out at me, and uh, and even then it was just a tough week looking at things. Nothing originally uh, like got my attention right away. Everything looks kind of not necessarily scary, but um, small spreads and a lot of road favorites. Um, it's just tough to have a lot of confidence in uh, teams on the road being favored by so many points in some situations here, but. Uh, yeah, the three plays of the week. The first one being uh, the New Orleans Saints on the road at the Green Bay Packers, giving four points, paying minus 110. Um, yeah, pretty much just contradicts what I just said. But when you look at this, uh, should Aaron Rodgers have not broken his collarbone last week and likely to miss the rest of the season? But given if Aaron Rodgers was to play this week, uh, I think this line would have opened up probably closer to Green Bay minus three. Green Bay minus three and a half being at home to the Saints. Um, and I, I think this line is probably pretty accurate. Aaron Rodgers is definitely worth a, a touchdown in terms of uh, scoring. We've seen what Green Bay's look like with him, and we've seen what Green Bay's look like without him. And it's hard to really imagine uh, Green Bay being able to put up any kind of sustained offense against the Saints. Um, the Saints defense, which uh, doesn't really get talked about a lot, but I think their last three games they've uh they've been a difference maker and i mean they scored three times last week in detroit i'll be at like a couple of fluky plays but they definitely uh were able to lock it down when they needed to and uh a game got close near the end but i just don't see how green bay is going to be able to sustain any sort of uh continued offense against the saints without having aaron Rodgers on the field and on the other side of the ball um saints look really really refreshed coming off of their bye uh, the Adrian Peterson trade looks like it's just rejuvenated Mark Ingram. He's running like he has a purpose and is ready to just take the the load on his shoulders. See, so yeah, minus four on the road is not really the most enticing number, but I, I think uh, it's probably one of the more accurate spreads. And it probably would have been leading the Saints either way if Rodgers was playing for Green Bay and the spread was more uh, impactful of them being home. Um, so yeah, I'm going to look at uh, the New Orleans Saints minus four. Paying minus 110 as the, my first play of the week. All right, for my second play this week, I'm going to take the Denver Broncos on the money line on the road uh, against the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, that pays plus 100. Um, yep, the, the Broncos got beat at home by the Giants and uh, weren't able to show any signs of offensive fortitude. And sure, the Chargers beat the Raiders in Oakland last week. Um and a nail biter. It's like the Chargers finally caught a break. Um, but the history of these teams uh, playing head to head, it was one of those things I initially thought that'd be like, okay, you know, a close, close scoring series. Um, 
one of those, I don't know, just in my head, like San Diego, Los Angeles always gets up to play uh, the Broncos, um, big division rival. Um, but if you want to date back all the way to uh, the 2011 season, this Chargers franchise has only won uh, three games against the Broncos, and only one of them came on uh, on home turf. So, yeah, I think this is uh, just one of those historical matchups that uh, really pans out to me. Denver, too, coming off of that uh, egg against the Giants at home. Um, you, you can't think that they're going to be putting up the same type of... Uh, showing two weeks in a row back to back and Los Angeles, you know, pulling out that, that squeaker against Oakland on the road. They got up for that division game on the road. Now they're headed home to play another division game, um, back to back meaningful games. And that Denver defense is a lot better than that Oakland defense. And they always seem to have, uh, Rivers's number here, looking at some of these scores. I think the closest game that they've had in the past six, six years is, uh, three points, um, there's been a few blowouts here, a lot of like seven, eight point victories too for Denver. So, um, I really like, uh, the Broncos in this one on the money line, which is, uh, another interesting, uh, tweak to this being that the chargers are favored by a point. You get a little extra value there at plus 100. Um, not really having to lay any juice, getting a good, uh, even money bet on the Denver Broncos money line paying plus 100 versus the Los Angeles chargers. <laughs> All right, and my final top play this week is the Atlanta Falcons at the New England Patriots going over the total of 56.5 points. That's also paying minus 110. Pretty much the the whole rationale between this uh, going over such a large total is I don't trust either of these teams to uh, defensively be able to stop the other. Um, This has bit me in the ass before, but... I think uh, the Patriots defense, they, they scheme for, you know, take out the top guy, take out the biggest threat and uh, force you to use your secondary options. But when it comes to the Falcons, they have uh, too many uh, too many options on offense, be it on the ground, in the air, deep ball, uh, slot receivers. They can, they can march on you with the little dink and dunk. They can hit the home run and they can just ground and pound you. Um, Patriots, similar thing. Tom Brady has made stars out of nobodies at the receiver position. The run game has looked uh, improved over the last couple weeks, and Gronk is just another force altogether. Um, when when New England feels back against the wall, he just becomes their go-to guy and just Gronks. Um, last week being the case, down to the Jets, and he just took over and ran all over that Jets secondary. Um, when, when he gets in that zone, he's pretty much uncoverable. Um, and again, yeah, so the Falcons defense has always been their uh, weakest spot. They will shoot out with the best of them and, you know, roll the dice, putting up points and giving up points. And in Patriots style, you know, they try to kill that one option, like I said earlier, but the Falcons are just loaded on offense. And as long as both of these teams click, um, this, this could be a high scoring and really exciting game. Yeah, and that 56 points for the total is um, is relatively high uh, considering the rest of the totals this week. That and the fact that Atlanta has only uh, covered the over on uh, two of their five games at a 40% clip this season, uh, it, it kind of made me a little hesitant at first, but I think the, the peripherals surrounding both of these teams, um, it's just going to make for a very, very high-scoring uh, event. And I'm looking at the Atlanta Falcons 
at the New England Patriots going over 56 total points, and that pays minus 110. All right, there's uh, one more game, actually. It's not really something I would consider a top play. Um, I think the line's a little bit big, but at the same time, it uh, definitely grabbed a little bit of my attention given the circumstances around it, and that is the Dallas Cowboys giving six points on the road at the San Francisco 49ers, paying the minus 110. Um, This is pretty much looking to be like uh, Ezekiel Elliott's last game of the season, unless, of course, his uh, legal team finds more loopholes to... uh, prolong this whole scenario um the cowboys coming off a bye um gonna be a little bit fresh their offensive line hopefully will be able to uh get back to doing what they've been touted as doing best and uh you know pass protect and run block and uh with with ezekiel elliott here um in what could be his last game a little bit of motivation there um Dak hasn't looked the best this season, but um, I could see Jason Witten actually being uh, a nice little security blanket for him this game. You know, I feel like San Francisco is just going to focus the majority of their energy on uh, keeping Des Bryant out of this game. And in doing so, it kind of opens up the middle of the field for Jason Witten to find those little pockets in the zone that he's uh, he's shown throughout his entire career of having a really good knack for. Um I, I do like the the Cowboys giving the points in this. The the tentativeness comes from um, San Francisco has not really looked like the O and six team. They've uh, they've been in pretty much every game this season, despite um, despite what I thought last week of them being in their third road game, come facing a team on the bye or coming off the bye, um, and they they pretty much showed up last week and uh, put a little foot in my mouth. And the Niners are going to be starting their uh, rookie quarterback, Beathard, Beathead, Beathard, uh, Batard. I, I don't know how to say his name, um, but you never really know what that game plan is going to look like. Um, probably basic, which plays into uh, a Cowboys based defense that isn't necessarily in the top of the league, but it kind of simplifies the game and uh, slows it down for you on that defensive side. Um, my lean for this is the Dallas Cowboys minus six at the San Francisco 49ers, uh, paying minus 110. All right, there are three games this week on the schedule that kind of raised a bunch of red flags as stayaways this week. Uh, the first one being the Jacksonville Jaguars giving three points on the road to division rival Indianapolis. Um, I've said over and over again, I hate uh, road division favorites. Um, it's just, in my opinion, it's one of the most nonsensical things geared to get you to bet the wrong side. Um, just, I mean, these teams play each other twice a year, every year. Um, and as much as game plans change and schemes can change from season to season and game to game, in watching these games, you kind of get like there's this familiarity of, uh, you know, each team kind of not necessarily knowing what's coming, but having a general idea that uh, each team knows kind of how the other team is going to uh, game plan uh, specific scenarios and uh, situations as they come. And I'm just not a fan of these road favorites in the division games. Um, That said, too, uh, Jacksonville, I mean, their defense has been stellar, um, and they're probably going to confuse the hell out of that Colts offense. Um, 
And it's really more their offense that scares me because all this is really going to take is a, a special teams break or some sort of confusion on the defense that gets Bortles to do something that only Blake Bortles can do. Um, you're, you can't really expect Leonard Fournette to break off 75-yard runs every game and uh, put you up or at least keep you close. So, um, yeah, it's this this Jacksonville offense that is the, the scary part. And if Indy's defense can just run some interesting looks and uh, – you know, make make Bortles question decisions or not be able to get through his progressions or hurry things up or hell, man, they just got to get pressure on the guy. Um, this this game could go either way. Um, again, Jacksonville's defense is is the star of this game, but this game is a special teams play away from going either side. And as as enticing as Jacksonville um, only giving three points on an Indianapolis team that looks completely broken and defeated, uh, these these division games always have those nice little quirks to them. And um, I feel like this game is one of those that could go either way and is my, my top stay away this week. Similarly, my, uh, my next stay away is the New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins with the Dolphins giving three points at home. Again, a division game. Uh, Miami's at home and the three-point favorite as they probably should be. But I, I don't like um, what this Dolphins team has shown, the inconsistency, um, the, the flashes of greatness and how they just pounded the ball uh, last week in their victory and you know then the the eggs that they lay when it becomes cutler time and he just you know both hands on his mask looking like he needs his next cigarette um and the jets coming off that huge high huge high of, 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 a, of a game and then a huge letdown with that ridiculous call that i don't even know how to fathom um first of all even the audacity to challenge that and knowing that specific um subsection of a section of a rule that I I can't even get into that right now that's that was just the most bizarre um overturn I think I've ever seen aside from that uh <laughs> that that fail mary play with Green Bay and Seattle with the one official calling it a, a touchdown and yeah um anyways so the Jets got up huge last week for the Patriots, as they always do. And again, coming into a, a second division game in a row, um, it's hard for teams to get up two weeks in a row. I mean, this the, the game is intense and physical. And as much as they want to, and the, uh, the, the, the signs of life that they showed last week, I don't, I don't think the Jets really have uh, the personnel to do it two weeks in a row. Um, I will say, though, that Miami's defense has uh, looked to be uh, pretty much one of the one of the several nails in their coffins. Um, they haven't really shown the ability to keep their their team, their offense in the game longer. And I mean, if the Jets can game plan what they did against uh, that Patriots defense, which is you know just as bad, if not worse, in my opinion, than the the Miami's defense, then you know maybe they they do have a shot. Um, but we're looking at like an inconsistency on Miami's offense and their ability to move the ball versus their ability to look just absolutely confused and get shut down play after play after play. And the Jets coming off like probably their most valiant effort of the season being up two scores at the half or two scores before the half anyway. And then, you know, losing on a ridiculously uh, soul crushing call being overturned. Um, one that, you know, like you just sails deflated all over for the Jets there. Um, I, I, I don't have any faith in either of these teams covering uh, a three-point spread in this game, and that is why is my uh, number two stay away this week. 
And my last stay away of the week is the Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers with Pittsburgh giving five points at home. All three of these uh, games have been division games that I'm uh, I'm staying away from. So, yeah, there's that uh, method in my madness, I guess. Um, but, yeah, going forth, uh, my initial thought on this, I kind of... I kind of uh, I blinked a little bit. I'm like Cincinnati getting five points on the road. Pittsburgh kind of. I mean, last week they 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 found that formula for Kansas City, um, but they have just been up and down and up and down. And it doesn't matter if they're at home. It doesn't matter if they're on the road. They're just you don't know what you're going to get from them um, on any given Sunday. Meanwhile, Cincinnati, since uh, firing their offensive coordinator in week three. Uh, <laughs> They've they've looked uh, they've looked like a not necessarily completely different team, but they definitely look like they have some chemistry going. Um, AJ Green has uh, emerged. Andy Dalton has been able to find him. Uh, the running game is doing just enough to make the play action a viable option, and uh, they're they're able to get what they need from their defense, and that it's uh, they're they're keeping them in it. Um, so yeah, my my initial gut was since he getting the points here, and. This is another one of those games kind of like last week where Mike Tomlin has Andy Reid's number. Um, Mike Tomlin also has the number of the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, my initial thought, similar to that of the, the Chargers and Broncos, was that this series would be close um, and closely contended games. But going back to 2010, like at Pittsburgh, um, you're looking at 23-7 loss, 35-7 loss, uh 30 to 20 loss, 27, 17 loss. So, I mean, these are double digit margins of victory um, that Pittsburgh is getting at home against this, this rivalry that uh, in the last few years anyway, has has really intensified um, on the physicality point. So, and that's the reasons, you know, that's pretty much the main reason right there why um, I've turned this from an enticing little look to a complete stay away because Um, My initial thoughts of getting these five points uh, from such a heated rivalry and what I thought was a more balanced rivalry. um, Pittsburgh just seems to have the Bengals number when they're at home in this uh, in this division rivalry. And that is uh, the reason why I'm staying away. So that's pretty much going to do it for this week. Uh, Three plays, three stayaways and that one little tweener. Uh, to recap the plays of the week, we have the New Orleans Saints at the Green Bay Packers giving four points, paying minus 110. We have the Denver Broncos at the Los Angeles Chargers on the money line, Broncos paying plus 100. And in the game between the Atlanta Falcons at the New England Patriots, we have the over of 56.5 total points, paying minus 110. I would like to give my thanks, as always, to Bet365 for giving me these lines, which are accurate as of October 19th, 2017, at 3.21 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This podcast can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can subscribe by searching for the Gambler's Dungeon podcast. And that's all for this week. Uh, May the winners be yours. Until next time, humanoids. Humanoids.